The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program. WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, WLHS, the Lakota Local School District, or staff and management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as specific legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on WMKV, WLHS, and the Maple Knoll Radio Network. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good evening and welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, broadcasting from the Cromer Mashburn Family Studios at Public Radio, WMKV, and WLHS. I'm your host, Vena Jones-Cox, and Real Life Real Estate is your public radio source for information and inspiration to start or grow your own real estate investing business. And I guarantee you, well, I nearly guarantee you that... However long you've been in the real estate business, you have not heard about the strategy we are going to talk about tonight. So pull over, close your office door, whatever you need to do to listen in and take some notes as we talk today about making money in tax lien overages. A couple of quick announcements. Uh, the Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati holds its second meeting for the month of September. Tomorrow night, it's a very special meeting with nationally known note expert Donna Bauer, who is a local gal who has made millions in the note industry. And She's coming not to sell courses, not to talk about seminars, but just to go through uh, note deals with folks. And this is an opportunity that uh, you rarely get to have somebody of a national caliber come and uh, go through examples of your note deals if you'd like to bring them along. That's at 7.30. The early meeting at 6 o'clock is... uh, uh, with an attorney from uh, Columbus named Tom Novak, who's been a guest here on the program, who talks about uh, creditors' rights if you're a landlord or a note holder and your um, tenant or buyer defaults, and particularly if they declare bankruptcy, uh, he's the guy who can tell you how to work your way through that. You can get more information about this meeting, which is open to the public at CincinnatiRIA.com. You can also download a free first-time guest pass there at that site. So uh, be there. It's a cool meeting. Um, My guest today is Bob Diamond, who is a a real estate attorney from Philadelphia. Uh, He does a whole lot of things in the real estate business. And in fact, Bob has been a guest here on Real Life Real Estate in the past talking about uh, other sorts of topics, Uh, gosh, condo conversions, uh, foreclosures, uh, probates, all kinds of neat stuff. But he is also a pioneer in the business of tax lien overages. And uh, he's, been, he's been doing the attorney thing since 95, been doing the tax lien overage thing for the last couple of years. And he's here tonight to discuss that very interesting strategy with us. Joining us from his home in Philadelphia is Bob Diamond. Bob, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. 
Thank you, Dean. It's wonderful to be here. Uh, and it's great to have you. Um, I sent out an email to all of our listeners who are subscribed to email reminders. And the title was just, You Haven't Heard of This. Because as far as I know, you're the only person in the country who's really teaching it or doing it at any uh, big level. So let's let's maybe start with um, the idea that there might be listeners out there who don't even know what a tax lien is and okay. talk about that part of the process so that we can get to the part of it where you do this neat thing where you make money without buying them. Okay. So... Th- this has to do with, with um, real estate taxes that go unpaid. So if someone owes, owns a property, they obviously owe real estate taxes each year. And if you don't pay, if that person doesn't pay those real estate taxes, then after three to four years, the, the county is going to go ahead and either sell a deed to the property or they're going to sell a lien against the property. Um, they can do either, and it depends on what jurisdiction you're talking about. But at the end of that process, whether they sell a deed or they sell a lien, at some point, the property owner is going to lose ownership of the house if they don't pay the taxes. Now, in a lien, it's a two-step process, not worth getting into a lot of details about, but essentially they sell a lien, and then later on the investor can go and foreclose on that. And the essential point for what we're going to talk about during this hour is that when that house sells, it's almost inevitably going to sell for a lot more than the taxes that are owed. If you think about it, Vina, what would a house, like an average, say, $200,000 house, what would the, the taxes be in your area on that? Uh, 6000 a year. On it? Call it 6000 a year. Okay. So 6000 a year. If they fall four years behind, they owe $24,000 in principal. Let's add another $6,000 for penalties and interest, so they owe $30,000. Now, if, if one were to go to try to purchase that $200,000 house at a tax sale, it's going to sell for a whole lot more than thirty thousand mm-hmm. um, dollars. My experience at tax sales, where I've bought many properties, is that they typically sell for somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy percent of, of their as-is value. Maybe a little more, maybe a little less. But if you look at a two hundred thousand dollars house, you're talking about a hundred and forty thousand dollars sale price. Mm-hmm. And there's a, obviously a big difference between the thirty thousand dollars that the person owes in taxes and interest versus the $140,000 that that property is going to sell for. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing is that, that money is generated. The government, of course, takes the you know, takes $140,000 in and says, all right, we've got to pay $30,000 to bring all these taxes up to date, which it does. And then the remainder is, is sitting in a government account, essentially waiting to be claimed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's it's often a lot of money. I mean, if we look at state budgets, which I've, I've looked at a few states, and just to give you an example, um, California, for example, is looking at $475 million in overages for this, this year that they're going to collect. This year alone? Uh, pardon me? This year alone? This year alone, yes. So almost half a billion dollars. The uh, state of Delaware is at $145 million that they're going to collect this year. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of money. And, you know, it would seem strange. You'd think that so someone was losing their house at tax sale. You'd think maybe they would know that there was extra money left over. And that's what you would think at first blush. But if you think about the position these folks are in, they're losing their house right out from under, literally, the, house, the roof from over their head is, is going. They're much more concerned with you know, getting a U-Haul, getting a place to live, 
finding some place for the family pet and basically in a panicked way moving out of the house. And they're not attending the tax sale, that's for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've been at, to put a, probably 100 tax sales. I obviously don't keep a running tab, but at least 100 of them. And I've never seen anybody that I think is a former owner on one of those things. They're, they're a bunch of bidders who are either gawking or bidding. <laughs> but the former owners aren't there, and understandably. I mean, it would be too awful to watch your house get sold to some bidder at a public auction, especially when you've got to worry about getting a roof over your head. So what happens as a result of that is that these folks have no idea any money is owed to them. They don't know how much their house sold for. Nothing tips them off that, hey, wait a minute, that house just sold for 140000 but I only owed 30000 in taxes. They're not there for that sort of question to come up in their mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you would hope that the government would then track these people down and say, hey, you know, Fred and Wilma, we, we are holding $110,000 that I'm sure you could really use. The government doesn't do that. And they, you know, they don't have a department that is a sort of re- reverse bounty hunter that's going to go find them and give them their money back. The government will give them their money back if they ask, but that's the key. The person has to come and ask. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and they don't. And when we when we come back from the break, we're going to talk about how... Uh, Folks like your students can get involved in this and make money, interestingly, without taking the risk of actually buying the tax liens. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today to Bob Diamond about tax lien overages. And if you have any questions, which I know you will, you can either call them in at 877-772-9658, or you can go to our our website at realliferealestate.com and send us a question via the Q&A form there. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. If you happen to be listening to us through our podcast, remember that you can listen and participate live on Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time at WMKV 89.3 or WLHS 89.9 FM here in the greater Cincinnati area or live streaming anywhere in the world at wmkvfm.org. In fact, why don't you just go to wmkvfm.org right now, wherever you happen to be listening from, and check out the offer we have on the 2015 National Real Estate Strategies Summit. My guest today, Bob, as well as a number of the guests that we've had in past weeks will be there uh, for you to talk to, to give presentations on their topics that uh, you know, these folks are all like very high level experts on the things that they do. And uh, we offered uh, t- uh, 12 of these packages last week on the fund drive at a deeply discounted price. And it turns out we still have four of them left. I just can't believe it. I almost choked when I came in here and found out we had four of them left. So you can still grab a package for one person for all four days at $123 or for two people for all four days for 187 that gets you into all of the events, the pre-convention workshops, Bob's presentation on tax liens, Anthony Chara on apartment buildings, uh, Dwan and Bill on short sales and negotiation. I mean, it's just an unbelievable packed four days. Don't plan to get any sleep. Um, you can uh, have 700 other investors to network with. That's November 5 through 8 here in Cincinnati. And if you are telling yourself that you're serious about real estate investing, then you're going to be here because all of your competitors are going to be here 
building their net worth and their network. And you can do it by making a pledge to public radio at wmkvfm.org. If you don't see them on the front page, the packages are all gone. You're listening too late. But if it's still up there, there's still one available for you. So we're talking today about tax lien overages, which is a, uh, a topic that, as far as I can tell, Bob is pretty much been the pioneer of and certainly the biggest advocate of over the last few years. And we talked uh, before the break about the uh, sort of how the tax lien and tax sale process works and uh, these things called overages where people get overbids on their properties and they don't know it because the government doesn't make a big deal out of it because I'm guessing, Bob, that after some period of time, I I think in Ohio it's uh, uh, four years if you haven't claimed those funds, the state just gets to keep them. Yes, that's exactly true. And, you know, as lawyers, we study word roots, and you're really going to get a kick out of this one, Fina. The, the official legal word is escheat. So the money escheats to the state. And the root of escheat is cheat. <laughs> yeah, so they don't, they don't have any particular uh, kind of strong desire to make sure that you know that you are owed some money here. And uh, whenever, whenever there's a gap in the market like that, where there's money and people should be getting it and they're not getting it, there is always an opportunity for entrepreneurs to step in and uh, figure out how to get folks what they want and get paid for it, which is basically uh, what you talk about here. Now, there's a couple of other things I want to clarify about the tax lien and tax sale process before we uh, get in deeper into the tax lien overage part of it. Uh, first of all, uh, does it make a difference whether your state is a tax lien state or a tax deed state? In other words, here in Ohio, we happen to have both. If you want to bid on the tax liens, though, you have to bid on all of them. So you need millions of dollars to do that. But some properties just go straight to tax sale. In terms of the overages, does it matter? Not really, because at at the end of the day, at some point, that property is going to be sold, whether it's a little bit later from a tax lien, meaning someone buys a lien, doesn't get paid, and then they they foreclose. Either way, overages can be generated. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. So it, for us, it doesn't matter because we're we're actually looking at things when the money has already been generated. You know, we don't need to go to the sale and sort of watch things. We get a report afterwards saying, all right, what money is the government holding on to? And then our job becomes track down these folks and, and find them and, and give them the good news, which is sometimes the funniest part of my job <laughs> as I work. Because <laughs> when you call someone to tell them, hi, Mrs. Smith, you know, I know that you've had a tough time in life. You've lost your house. You lost your dog. You lost your fingers to frostbite, whatever her tale of woe has been, and it always is, because someone who's lost their house at tax sale always has had a hard time, and I feel a lot of compassion for these folks. And then I tell them, and by the way, there's $20,000 waiting for you. It, she she thinks that, first of all, you're maybe some sort of a scammer, mm-hmm. or someone playing a practical joke on her, or someone who's just really mean, because they're, you know, these folks typically have a lot of financial troubles, and that that's the it's actually the most fun part of my job because I, I get to talk to them and I always have a good a good spirit and a good sense of humor about it. So I'll make jokes that, you know, I'm not telling them them they're a Nigerian prince. Mm-hmm. That <laughs> there's actually money being held on by the government. And you don't need so to give me your bank account it. number in order to get this. <laughs> I don't need to Correct. deposit. We, <laughs> yeah. we never take we never take any money up front, we ever for mm-hmm. what we do. And the reason for that is I don't want people to to be worried. 
and to be sitting there, you know, biting their nails to wonder if I'm going to come back with any money or anything like that. So we wouldn't even take the cost of a stamp from them before we actually get the money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, the other the other thing I wanted to clarify is you gave you gave an example of a two hundred thousand dollar house where there was roughly thirty thousand owed in. Um, both back taxes and all of the stuff they pile on top of that, you know, because I've, I've, I've rescued some of these properties from tax sale and often it's thousands of dollars to the county for legal fees and penalties and, and so on. Um, what happens, though, if there is a mortgage on the property as well? I mean, we're talking about, a, in, in your example, really a paid off $200,000 property. What if the person mm-hmm. also has a $150,000 mortgage on top of their back taxes? Well, if there's a mortgage, the mortgage company is entitled to make the claim. And sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. So what we've done is just as a business practice to, to make it so we don't run into mortgages very frequently is we let things age on the list for a while. So you know, we won't go the day after a tax sale and start contacting people because we're going to let the mortgage companies have time to come in and claim whatever money is there that they're owed. And we'll let things sit at least six months. So, so once we're six months out, most of the time, if there's a mortgage company, it's already come in and swept out the money. Because remember that with mortgage companies, usually they ask for taxes. So they don't let themselves get in the position where the, the property gets sold at tax sale. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, some, sometimes things slip through, though. No question about it. Mm-hmm. Things will slip through. Well, And, and, and when and, they do, you know, and very often when they're even when they're not escrowing for taxes they will bring them current just to avoid the property going to tax sale i mean i see that a lot where the 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 ta- the real estate taxes are not escrowed but 2 days before the tax sale it gets pulled off the docket because the you know bank of america came in and paid the you know $2000 just to be able to make sure that they that their that the property they had the mortgage on did not go to tax sale so um I, I wouldn't imagine you run across mortgage companies a whole lot in yeah, this it's occasional. And, you know, the, the other thing for mortgage companies, and I, I'm, you probably know this, but your listeners may not, tax sale will strip away a mortgage from the property. I mean, they'll separate the two. So, so effectively, the mortgage company will become uncollateralized, and they do not want that. Mm-hmm. So that's why they come in and, and they pay the money, and they stop the sale. They'll add that money onto the mortgage balance, and they'll, They'll perhaps go and foreclose on the property, but the last thing that a mortgage company wants is for a property to go to tax sale. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, um, the normal way in which people hear about tax liens. I mean, it's not like there's no education out there about tax liens. There's late right. night infomercial. Nice <laughs> yeah, the the, the normal the normal way in which they hear about them is you need to go to this sale and without having seen the property bid put a bunch of money into it potentially wait two years to foreclose on it during which heaven knows what could happen to the property right or or if it's a tax deed sale you you know it's an as is where is sale with your strategy it's not necessary to walk into one of these sales with a cashier's check for 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 thousand dollars Correct. We, we don't buy the liens from folks. You know, we don't go and say, hey, you know, we'll give you $5,000 for your rights in this, in this property, which you could do, but we just don't do it. Um, I, 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 what I like about this business is that I get to do two things. One is, is make a good living, which is wonderful. That's the point of business. 
But the second thing is also to really help people, because these people have been kicked by life. They, they, it, they all have a sad story. And it's not that they're unwilling to pay their taxes. I mean, taxes are much less than rent. And if they could pay the money, they'd pay it. So they inevitably have had a very, very difficult time. And so I get to do good and make money. And to me, that's absolutely ideal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how that works. If you're not, if you're not buying them, you're not buying the properties, you're not buying the tax liens, you're not buying the right of redemption, which is something that happens in some states and not in other states. What is it you are doing exactly? We, we really act as their um, claiming agent. It's probably the best way to put it. So we, we, reach, we have a written agreement with the, the person who's lost the property tax sale that we will go and do whatever work is necessary to go recover the money. And that means we'll apply to the government agency involved, We'll chase them around, follow up until we get a check, and then when we get a check, we will deposit it and then split it up according to the agreement. And usually the agreement gives them the lion's share. I mean, we're we're working usually with 20 to 30 percent of the money that that is um, with the money that's stranded. We keep, and the rest of it goes to the homeowner. So I'm in the nice position to be able to say, by the way, you keep the lion's share. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what this reminds me a lot of um, is an opportunity that is now sort of passed, which is the old um, uh, FHA mortgage insurance recovery yes. business. And yeah. I know a lot of people made a lot of money in that. And it was so, sort of a similar thing. People didn't know that it was there. They didn't know it was owed to them. And, you know, you trained yourself on how to get the money back and took a piece of it for getting it back. But now that FHA mortgage insurance is for the life of the loan... <laughs> that opportunity is, <laughs> is not really there anymore. So it's a good thing you found this one, huh? <laughs> it, well, this, the other thing is this is bigger. I mean, these, these, most counties that I look at, if you look at a county with a population of about 100,000 people, which for rough purposes is average in America. America has 330 million people. We have 3,007 counties. So 100,000 a county is kind of normal. I'm used to seeing about a million and a half dollars stranded in their overages account. Mm. And you know, out of those, we'll see probably 700000 to 800000 of that that is big enough to be worth pursuing, meaning it's a ten or $15,000 overage or more. Yeah, I'm just, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm doing the math in my head about what 30% of a million dollars is. And right now, we're, we have <laughs> $2.1 million under contract. I mean, we have agreements with homeowners 2.1 million wow wow all right and so go, go ahead you know what the sad thing about that is Nina? that okay so i have 2.1 million dollars under contract remember i just said that the average county in america has about 1.5 million available that means i'm not even covering with my business which is busy enough for me keeps me happy i'm not even covering two full counties mm-hmm. and that that's why this this whole business opportunity is so big and we actually need more people doing it you know people ask me like why do you you know why don't you just keep all this to yourself and as much as i mean sure i'd love to keep the whole thing for myself but i can't cover three thousand counties not not a chance i'm I'm busy enough doing two counties it's not that i only do two counties i work in a bunch of different counties but the equivalent you know what i'm taking out of the out of the pot is not even two counties which means that literally there are tens of thousands of people losing their money permanently. Because as you pointed out correctly earlier, there's a date when you can't recover the money anymore. Mm-hmm. And in most states, three to five, it's between three and five years. 
and you write about Ohio, it's five years, I'm sorry, four years. But that, that's, to me, is a really sad and upsetting thing. You, know, you get sort of the poorest of the poor who've lost their house, and now they're not even getting the extra money generated by the sale of the house. Mm-hmm. And I sus- so that's just obscene. I suspect that as the market uh, continues to increase, there's less REOs, there's more interest in buying both investment real estate and also uh, you know, people buying their own homes again, that this is only going to go up as time passes. I mean, I'm sure the o- there are more overbids now than there were five years ago. Yes, yeah, that's exactly true, because there are more bidders. And the funny thing is I used to buy at tax sale, and I would watch other bidders bidding, and some of them would bid too much money, in my opinion, and I'd get frustrated. I'd say, I wanted that house, but this guy's paying too much. And now when someone else overbids, I'm just all smiles. I'm like, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you take the other one, too? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yay you. Uh, you're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing, talking today to attorney and real estate investor Bob Diamond about tax lien overages and the possibilities within that field of and this strategy that I bet you just never even thought about before today, listeners. Uh, you've got questions. Call them in at 877-772-9658 or go to our website at realliferealestate.com. Click the Ask a Question button and send us an email. We'll be back right after this. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. You can stay in touch with Real Life Real Estate and all of the great things that are happening throughout the country in the real estate investing world by liking our Facebook page, facebook.com slash real life real estate radio, or better yet, by joining our email list at realliferealestate.com. We almost always have a special gift for listeners at realliferealestate.com. And you also have the opportunity to sign up for those weekly reminders, which almost always come with a valuable article by or about our guests or their topics. So take a minute, go to realliferealestate.com and check that out. And you will always know what is going on in the world, like the 2015 National New Strategies Summit, the biggest real estate event of the year huge, huge. We had over 700 people last year. Um, got my fingers crossed for a thousand, thousand people this year. And uh, just a great place to go and meet folks and talk to vendors who have stuff that uh, are going to be good for you, like products and services that help you run your business better. And of course, Bob Diamond will be there as well. So um, yeah, we're talking today, though, about tax lien overages. And uh, Bob has filled us in on sort of how how these things are generated, how it is that there is money sitting in accounts that belong to people and the people do not know it. And Bob, I think you mentioned that you just you just obtain lists of these things from I assume the counties. Yes, yeah, the county has them. And, you know, it's interesting. They generally do not put them online. There are, there are a few that are online, but the vast majority of them are not online. You actually have to call and ask. And I, I think that's another 
to me, that's a little disappointing that the counties don't put them online because they know how to put things online if they want to. <laughs> yeah, they manage they to put the sale themselves up online, don't they? <laughs> yes, they do. That's exactly true. But, but not the overages. Now, are there, are there places in the country where this works better than in other places, or should I just be looking in my own backyard? No, there, there, well, I, I would say two things. Yes, there are definitely places it works better than in other places. Um, like, for example, it doesn't work in Colorado. And Colorado and, and New York State are two states it doesn't work in. And that's because they, the, those states chose to, they choose to keep all of the money, no matter how much the house sells for, for themselves. Oh. Which is somewhat outrageous. Nice but, for them. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah I, I think if people actually knew what was going on, they, they wouldn't stand for it. But the people who've been fleeced don't even know they were fleeced. So they, you know, they just go on and try to restart their lives. And, you know, one of the things that, that really is interesting about this business is when you, as I gotten to know the people that were helping, there are a lot of really great people that, that just need a leg up. And, you know, I, I thought at first, and I don't know if this reflects in the best way on me, but I'm just going to be very straightforward and honest. I first sort of thought these people would be, you know, maybe a little dopey, not you know, not very sophisticated, and just, you know, misrunning their whole life, like just screwing everything up. And what I found out when I talked to them is there were a lot of people that had failed businesses, they had health problems, and then had some big setbacks in their life. And when I came in and said, hey, here's a here's your check, and at the end of the process, I'm giving them a check for fifteen, twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars or more. They, the things they do with the checks amaze me. I had one woman who was working as a teacher's aide. She actually had two disabled children at home and a husband that was that was having trouble finding work. He was older and he was just having a difficult time finding steady work. And what she what she wanted to do was become a teacher because that, of course, comes with good benefits, health insurance for everybody, and a living wage. And what was standing between her acting as a teacher's aide and acting as a teacher was taking a class and taking a test. Total cost of a little over $3,000. And the first thing she did with the money we got for her was pay for her teaching class and teaching certificate and sort of secure the rest of her life by, by becoming a teacher. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, I've always liked the business where you can touch people. Like when I, I've done lots of real estate. I absolutely love real estate investing. And I've fixed up a lot of houses and improved neighborhoods that way. But this is kind of the first time I've had a business where I can really directly touch people in a really significant way and just empower them to go do amazing things. And, you know, the people, as I've gotten to know them, I found they, they really do sensible things with the money. I had another woman who, who bought a reliable car, and she, she explained to me, she said, I have to take my daughter to school, I accompany her on the bus. Whenever I have to go to, say, the supermarket, I have to take the bus, and what would be a 20-minute trip ends, ends up as an hour and 15 minutes because of the bus involved in it. And then, you know, she didn't have a reliable way to get to work, so she'd lose jobs. First thing she did was bought a, a used Toyota Corolla for twelve thousand mm-hmm, dollars. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's it's really it's really great to have a business like that, where you can help these people, and you know, you can make great money. I mean, we're running our business that I wouldn't. We're not at all full throttle. We're we're doing as much as we want to do, and we're sitting on two point one million dollars worth of overages under contract right now. Those will resolve themselves within the next, I'd say, 120 days. They'll be, you know, cash in the bank, and then we'll we'll restock with we're restocking all the time, but we'll kind of keep that as a permanent stock. 
Mm-hmm. These sound like um, these sound like much different conversations than real estate investors are used to having, where it's sort of a, you know, a little bit of an adversarial. I don't want to pay yeah. much for your house. Well, I want all the money in the world for it. Well, it's not worth all the money in the world. I mean, this these sound like I don't know much friendlier conversations than most people. You're coming are. with good news, and my, my only job in this in this world really is to just overcome their initial skepticism. And you know, for anybody out here who's thinking about doing this, your real key is just to to be nice and friendly. Um, and I, I have this this visual that that I think about when I'm talking to people. If you wanted to adopt a cat that was in your backyard, like a stray cat, now if you saw that cat out there and said, "Well, it's a good-looking cat. I think I want that as a pet." If you chased after the cat and tried to tackle it, <laughs> if if you caught it, which would be a miracle, but if you did catch it, you'd catch some claws, too, and you'd wish you hadn't caught the cat. <laughs> so if you want to catch the cat, what you've got to do is very quietly go outside with maybe a plate of tuna fish or something the cat likes, put it down, and then walk inside. And the cat's going to look at the tuna fish, look at the door, look at the tuna fish, look at the door, and he's going to go out and eat the tuna, and then go back you know, into the shrubs or wherever it was. But that cat's going to be there the next day, and if you again go out, put down some tuna, go back inside, the cat's going to walk out. Well, after three or four days of doing that, the cat's going to be sitting there waiting for you, and pretty soon it's going to be rubbing up against your leg. And if you want now to take the cat inside, all you have to do is open the door, put the tuna down in your kitchen, and the cat will come in. And voila, you have a, a pet. Attracting these folks is kind of the same process. You know, they're they're like a stray cat. They've been kicked out of their house. They've had a tough time. They, you know, they're not sure whether to trust you. But if you're just nice and friendly and not too pushy, they're they want the money. Mm-hmm. You know, as as good as tuna fish is for a cat, money is for people. And it it sounds kind of like there's so many cats out there that you don't really get upset if one of them doesn't come to the door i mean there's uh, you know there's uh, somebody doesn't want to get their money there's you know next right yes and that that happens you know sometimes people and we we do get frustrated in the office sometimes because we know these people really need the money and it can be very substantial amounts of money um as a matter of fact the biggest one that we found so far was that case 1.4 million dollars in overage and Mm -hmm. the guy was terrified to go get the money yeah, he's afraid taking a check that big from the government will get him in trouble. I'm like, it's your money, <laughs> and if you don't want it, I'll <laughs> take it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, do you want to donate it to charity? We'll go get it or you know, anything. And you know, every once in a while that happens, but it is a next scenario. You just say, you know what? I've got like 30 people on my list here, and if they're not willing to play ball, then I've got to get on to the next person. But you're, if you want to think of it this way, it's like your closing percentage is much higher in this particular business because we're not we're not trying to sell someone something that they may or may not want or need. Like we're not going to sell them aluminum siding or a new pair of socks. We're we're saying, hey, we know where this money is and we'd like to, to work to go get it for you at absolutely no risk to you whatsoever. And if we get it, which we believe we will, we'll split up and we'll take a percentage of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, we're going to take one final break, after which we're going to answer some listener questions. Listeners, if you have questions, you can call 877-772-9658. Let me say that again. That was a lot of sevens. 877-772-9658. You can also go to our website at realliferealestate.com. 
click the ask a question button fill in your question and be sure and tell us where you are listening from because that could make a difference in bob's answer we will be back right after this Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. My guest today is Bob Diamond, who is one of the 15 national experts at the 2015 National New Strategy Summit here in Cincinnati on November 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. You still have a chance to grab your seats at a deeply discounted price at wmkvfm.org. You'll see it right there on the front page. And I don't know how you could feel better than getting to come to a four-day, multi-speaker, hundreds and hundreds of fellow investors to network with, 40 vendors, event, and also have your have your uh, admission go to support public radio. Except, I don't know, maybe you would feel better doing these tax lien overages, but you won't know how to do that unless you come to the convention. So just a win-win. Um, we're taking some listener questions now that have come in via email. If you go to realliferealestate.com and click the Ask Vina question button, you can send your own email in or you can call 877-772-9658. Um, Bob, this is a question from Mike here in Cincinnati. He says, can you please ask Bob exactly how he establishes credibility with these former homeowners and convinces them that they are in fact owed money and it's not some sort of scam. I'm pretty sure that if he called me, my first thought would be Nigerian Prince. <laughs> yes. And, and so here are a couple of things that we do. Um, number one, we're never pushy. That's, you know, it's, it's not, we're not gang tackling anybody. I'm calling and having a conversation with them. Always stay calm. Always stay you hold your ground, but just stay calm with people. And the way that we've structured our transactions is, is part of what makes us credible. We won't take any money from anybody. We don't want to check. We don't want their credit card information. I don't need their Social Security number because that has nothing to do with real estate taxes. I don't need any personal information from them other than knowing that they're the right person that actually lost a house at sale. So I tell them those things that, you know, I, don't want to need your personal information. I don't want to need a check or a credit card or any money from you. And that that's a part of it. We also have a, a nice website that we put up that gives us credibility because if you're, you know, when you're reaching out to someone, any business of any size these days is expected to have a website. So mm -hmm. if you're going to do this business, you want to put up a website. Um, and it's even small things too, Vina. You know, you have to make sure that your, um, your LinkedIn profile is, you know, reads like, related to this business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, if you have a Facebook profile, same thing. Um, it should you know, look it, it should look like someone they could do business with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, your email address, if you're going to email them, needs to be the company. You, know, you don't want to be <laughs> you know, Bill Smith at Yahoo.com. Yeah. <laughs> you want to be Bill Smith at WeGetYouMoney.com. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, yeah, and, and I... You know, a few more things that, like, just off the top of my head, there are a few more things, but just another important one is you never want to sound like a collection agent. If you, if you sound like a collection agent, remember that we're dealing with people who have had financial troubles. And so if you, if you put on your official voice saying, hello, this is Mr. Diamond from HRH Asset Recovery Specialist, they're terrified. That's like a barking dog coming out of the house chasing the cat. Mm -hmm. And so you, know, you take a much softer, friendlier approach. Just, hey, I'm so glad I found you. I've been looking for quite a while for your hard, hard man or woman to track down. 
you're actually owed some money and we're trying to get it to you, trying to get you a refund. You have a few minutes to talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, go to the phones and talk to Mark, who is on line one from Ohio. Mark, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Mark, are you there? Mark, can you hear me? I can. Hey, Mark. Uh, what's your question for Bob? Bob, I'm going to do my disclaimer first that I'm human. I procrastinate and I get stuck. <laughs> but my question is, I, I did join your program. I did procrastinate getting started with it. It's um, And I have been solicited to go to a, uh, I believe, a three-day seminar or something like that. It, and it's that kind of puts another wall up for me, being that if it's that complicated. No, and I don't want to. So I'll just. So some people learn better in a live situation, and some people can take you know, books and educational materials and apply them and do great. And the three-day seminar is really the. It's the book come to life, so we're explaining it, and I think, you know, like when when Venus been talking about the 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 Aria summit that's coming up um same thing you know some people can take books and and do it from there and some people would prefer to to go to a live event and and do it and that's that's really the difference and of course in a live event there are always more stories and there you know can we, we have some new things that we learn since since books and things are written but but the substance is the same and this is why uh this is why the home study courses that you buy always come anymore with written material, audios, videos. There's usually like an online component. There's often follow-up webinars and there's often live events because it is absolutely true. Like I never listen to the CDs or I guess we don't even do CDs anymore. The thumb drives or the online downloadable audio. I, I never listen to them. I get impatient with them. I'm like, talk faster. I need a book. Right, but I know a lot of people they never crack the book. All they want to do is watch the videos or listen to the audios or something like that. So uh, appreciate your call, Mark. Hopefully you can come up and check out Bob at the uh, event in Cincinnati on November 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. You can find out more about that at wmkvfm.org. One more quick question, Bob, because uh, we are running out of time here. Isabel from Florida says... What happens if you call the homeowner and they want to do it themselves, get the money all by themselves? How do you handle that? Well, so we don't tell them exactly where the money is, exactly what the government agency is handling it, because it, it doesn't make a, a you know, viable business when you do that. So if people push us, well, we, we're just very transparent with them. We say, look, you know, we make our, our business out of auditing government agencies and getting the lists of, of people that are owed money and then tracking down the people that are the money like you and reaching out and seeing if you'd like to work with us. And, you know, if, if you'd like to, we're happy to do it. If not, then that's okay too, but we can't give you any further information. All right. Very good. I think we are just about out of time here. Am I right about that, George? Yes, all right. We're about so, a minute and a half left. All right. Um, so uh, the last uh, last quick question here is, about the nature of the agreement you get with the with the homeowners, and specifically the question is, are you somehow becoming an agent or representative for these folks? Uh, we're, we're essentially their representative for purpose of, of making the claim to the county. Okay. So that's, that, that's what our paperwork does. It appoints us as their representatives to go do that. And you can think of it, if, you had, if you've ever taken care of, say, an older family member, like a mom or a dad that 
isn't taking care of all their, their, their own affairs. And you might do banking for them. You might help them file their tax return. You might do lots of things for them. It's, it's in the nature of that. All right. Very good. And unfortunately, we are out of time. So folks who want to know more about this very interesting strategy need to check out the 2015 National Real Estate Strategy Summit. There's a couple of seats left at WMKVFM.org. Bob is one of 15 experts who get to hear while you were there at a deeply discounted price. And we will be back next week to share more about how to build your own financial real uh, financial independence through real estate investing until then happy investing <music>